we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. The sweet, sweet to be able to sing praises, to be able to sit amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, and to sing to the one who made it all possible for each and every one of us, how lost we would be without King Jesus, how lost we would be without Christ coming to us and finding us and meeting us right there where we were. Remember that time? Remember when Christ found you? For some, it was a long time ago. For some of you, maybe it was recent. But I pray every single one of you know Christ personally, that you've That you've quit trying to run on your own. That you've quit trying to do things on your own. Trying to figure it out. If I I just do this, I'll I'll get over that hill. Listen, you're never going to get over that hill on your own. There is no getting over on our own. We must trust Christ. I pray that you know Him personally. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes to the Father except exclusively through Him. Pray that you know him personally. Past week we had an opportunity down with uh, many, many, many of our youth down in New Orleans, Louisiana to go and share the love of Christ, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but more importantly, to take the gospel message to a broken place. Y'all, we have brokenness all around us. We don't have to, you don't have to drive four and a half hours to find brokenness. There's brokenness right here. There's people right here around us that desperately need this Jesus that you and I have, this relationship that we each have, and I pray that you have it. That song, We, we Run to the Father, you know, the world, they, they hear that song. It's a very catchy song. It's a, it's, a, it's a popular song. And people wonder, they say, where is he? I want, I want to know this God you know. I want a relationship with this God you know. And and more than likely, we've invited and invited and invited, and it's hard to get them inside of a building like this, because that's all this is, is a building that holds the church. We are the body of Christ. So basically, I thought about this this morning as they were singing it the first time. I was back there, and the Spirit was just, just leading me to share with you guys that, look, when, when that song says, run to the Father, the world is screaming, show me this Jesus. Show me this God of Scripture. Show me this man of wonders and, and miracles. I want to see Him. And you know who they see? They see these buildings, yes, but you know who they see? They see us. We're to be the hands and feet of Jesus. What we were this week, but but it's not just, it's not a, a trip, it's not a few days out of our entire calendar. No, it's a lifestyle that you and I as believers are to be living. The world seeing Christ in us every single day of our lives. Look, look with me quickly over to Matthew chapter 5. Jesus tells us a couple of things and we're not to do ministry. We're not to live our lives in a, in a vacuum or, or on an island all to ourselves. We're not to do that. We're to live our lives out in front of people. Our, our, our daily journey takes us to folks every single day. And, 
The Bible says about you that you are the salt of the earth in Matthew chapter 5. Beginning in verse 13, it clearly says you are the salt of the earth. Look down a verse, it says, it says you are the light of the world. You are the salt. You are the light. You are a difference maker. You walk into a room and just because, not because of your goodness, but because Christ lives in you, not because of anything you and I bring to the table, but because of whose we are in Christ. We light the room up. We bring the, bring the Holy Spirit of God into wherever we find ourselves. Whether it's in a, a factory or a school or a hospital or on the streets or at home in your own neighborhood. These songs, these are great songs. We sing, run to the Father. They're like, I need help. Where is He? And they see us every single day of their lives. They see Christ so close. This morning I said that this, this sermon, and, and very familiar sermon, very familiar passage I'm going to use, one of Jesus' most memorable and talked about parables that He uses in all of Scripture. You know the story. But you know, here's the thing. How much of this book do we know? A lot. How many faithful, godly men and women Sunday school teachers have poured into us to get us to where we are today? How many Bible verses do we know? Parables do we know? We know the Beatitudes. We know the Ten Commandments. We know the 23rd Psalm, Psalms 100. We can quote the books of the Bible forwards and backwards, but here's the deal. If we don't allow that to do something, not just to us, but to those around us, God saved you for a purpose. I said earlier, there's not a one of us in this room accidentally here. God didn't just save you to walk into a room and to sit down and to hear a message and to walk back out those doors and get back at it. That's not what the Christian life is about. Our Christian life is in community. We don't do this on our own. We, first service, I pulled a chair over here and I set it right here and I said, I'm up here on this stage all by myself and I am sitting here. And so many Christians, they walk into churches and they sit, although they're in a community, they're in a group, but they sit alone, lonely, in a crowd. They don't speak to one another, they don't talk to one another, and guess what? They go out those doors and they don't talk to neighbors and they don't talk to co-workers, they don't talk to anyone around them, and yet we say to ourselves, we are living for Christ every single day of our lives, and yet we do not interact with no one around us. How then are we thought? How then are we light? Well, I'm being really good. I, I, let me go on and tell you. How many of you honestly have the police office show up at your neighbor's house every day? Raise your hand. How many of you, the neighbor beside you on the other side, does the cops come and raid their house daily? Do they raid your subdivision daily? Probably not. Do they, do they raid your office daily? Does people come and take your co-workers out in cuffs on a daily basis? Probably not. See, lost people can be good too. Lost people can look the look too. What separates us? They're not lights. They're not salt. They don't know Christ. People that do not have a relationship with Christ, they're not born again. They're not believers in Christ. They do not have Christ. But here we sit with Christ. What are we doing with Him? 
when all the while people come in and out of our worlds on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. We say, Lord, we wake up every day. We say, listen, we say things like this. We sing these songs like, like, Lord, I want to be used by you, God. Thank you for a good night's sleep and thank you for blessing us. Thank you for our home. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for the health and the care and the, the, the protection that you've given me. And Lord, use me today for your glory. What do you think that looks like? We're not careful what that looks like is us going back to our comfort zone and living right there inside of our comfort zone. And, and the Spirit of God is saying, hey, look over there. And we're like, yeah, but I'm really good here. I'm okay with this. This is good. I am good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. They'll come to church. No, they're not. They're not coming to church. They're not. Okay? Go with me over to a passage of Scripture over in Luke chapter 10. Jesus here sends the 70 out and the 70 come back and they're all excited and Jesus reminds them of, to stay grounded. Remember the 70 came back in Luke chapter 10 and they were so excited and they said, look, Jesus, even the demons listen. Even the demons respond to our, our, our voices. And Jesus is like, look, do not let that get to you. He said, I saw Satan be cast down from heaven. I was literally there. Look, do not get so excited that demons listen to you. What you need to get excited about is your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Because here's the thing, if we're not careful, we get excited about the things that are not important and we, we get pride and we allow it to swell up and we say, look at me. And Christ is like, no, don't look at you, look at me and what I did for you. You stay humble. That was Satan's problem. He didn't stay humble. He wanted to be like the Most High God. And God's like, no. Praise God that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. A lawyer here, looking on down in Luke 10, beginning in verse 25, a lawyer tested Jesus. You know, everybody seemed to be testing him at every turn. They, they were constantly picking at him, trying to catch him off guard, and he's God. He knows their thoughts before they even say it. He understands what's going on here, and he always is God. This lawyer, verse 25, and a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. Jesus is like, Good job. You've paid attention in Sunday school. You listen to the sermon the preacher said. Do that and you'll live. Do exactly what you've just said. Add a boy. You know the word. Go apply it. And then he goes further. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? You know, inside a church, if we're not careful, we think our neighbor's that house next to us, those people across the street. We think it's our neighborhood. We think it's our subdivision. We think it's our, our co-workers or classmates. We think it's just those people right there next to us. It's a very good question that he asks. But Jesus doesn't just take it to where it's, you know, because it's really comfortable. Like, yeah, my neighbor's good. He's good over there. I, he's fine. 
But Jesus, of course, takes it even further. This parable he teaches here, this parable that he uses to make the point that I'm telling you, you've heard this sermon. There's nothing new or fresh or special about what I am standing here doing. Dr. J more than likely preached this a couple of times over a 10-year tenure. Tim Patrick teached, taught it. Every pastor you've ever had, every Sunday school teacher at some point is going to teach you the parable of the Good Samaritan. But Jesus' words at the very end is application. Guys, what's it matter if we know the whole book but we don't apply it? What's it matter if we know it frontwards and backwards? The demons know it and they shudder. They're just not going to do it. We wonder why the church is in the mess it's in. We wonder why the world is in the mess this is because we know information upon information upon information but application and actually saying, oh, wait a second, it, uh, it makes me get outside of my comfort zone and go to where Jesus requires me to go and be His hands and His feet. We're good at playing God, y'all. We are good at being God. Lord, I want to do exactly what you want me to do, but I'm going to do it right here. I got it. You going about your business with everybody else, I'm okay. That's not good. Jesus uses this story. Jesus replied and said, verse 30 of Matthew, no, of Luke 10 says this, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers and they stripped him and beat him and went away leaving him half dead. The listener would have immediately understood the context of what was said. The road, some 18 mile journey from Jerusalem to Jericho just south, there's an elevation change. You go from, you go from uh, green and lavish. I've seen it. I've ridden it. You go from green and lavish to arid, dry, desert, rocky ground. There are, there are robbers. There are looters. It is a bad place to be. You do not want to be caught in that area. And the listener in his day would have immediately understood the context of what he was saying. They were probably sitting around saying, yeah, I can imagine that. They shouldn't have been there. But there he was. This robber is beat up and he's laying there on the side of the road. And along comes a priest, and by chance, verse 31, a priest was going down on the road. And when he saw him, you know, you know, if we stop right there, if you're talking to a lost person or you're talking to somebody who that doesn't know Scripture nearly as well as you do, and you're telling the story, and you're like, hey, and a priest come by, immediately they're going to say, and he took care of him, right? No. He saw him, and he passed right on by. And they're like, well, that's strange. And a Levite walks by and he sees him and he walks right on by. And that just don't make sense. There's a person with a knee. There's a person dying. There's a person bleeding out over here in the ditch. And you, you literally see him. You've been to the temple. You've gone through the ceremonial things. You've been worshiping God. You woke up that day and said, Lord, and you went through that whole ceremonial cleansing to be before God and do the temple ceremony thing. You did all the spiritually churchy looking stuff and said, God, I am here. I am yours. Use me. And they walked right by him. They saw it. He's very clear in the text. They saw it. How many have we seen? 
I walked right by. It's not my job. It's not my business. It's none of my business. I don't want to get into that. I don't, I don't need to get messed up in that. I ain't got time. I'm busy. I am in a hurry. I've got places to be. Somebody, somebody else. Have you ever said in your mind, honestly, don't, please don't raise your hand because I would have to raise my hand 1,800 times. How many times have you said somebody else will take care of him? At least 1,800 times. So I'm not standing before you as the guy that does it right. I stand it before you as the guy that says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will free me from this body of death. Praise God for Jesus. There's another guy that comes by, the Samaritan. Samaritan, you say, well, well, what's the deal with the Samaritans? Listen, there is no, whether you're, whether you're talking racial, whether you're talking from that side of the railroad track, socioeconomical, whether you're talking finance, religion, there's no division that we can even comprehend today that we, even in our American history, history, can sit there and think that compares to Jews and Samaritans. There's a level of hatred that is there that we do not truly comprehend. And Jesus is telling a story and all of a sudden the priest wouldn't do it, the Levi wouldn't do it, and here he comes a Samaritan. Same story, same concept, same trip, same journey, but something happens. Verse 33, but a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him and when he saw him, notice what happens. He felt compassion. He felt compassion. Brother Shannon, yeah, but you don't know me. I, I, this ain't for any person. I'm just talking out. I am talking over a bunch of heads. I don't even see faces. I just see just the tops of your heads out there. And I just scan from left to right. So if it lands, it lands. You're picking on me. No, I'm not. I'm not. But he felt compassion. And it changes everything. Christ changes everything about us. Guys, how many sermons do we have to hear? How many songs? He's going to end with a good one. How many songs do we need? How many Bible verses do we have to have memorized? How many mission trips do we have to go on? How, how many, you need to do it this way. This is what God wants. This is exactly how God desires it. How many times do we have to hear it before we say, Okay, God, instead of me giving lip service only of, Lord of God, here I am, use me. We actually let go and let God use us. That's what this dude does. He doesn't just talk it. He doesn't pass right by like all the religious people did. No, he did it. To an extent that's to the extent that's required by God. He didn't just patch him up. He didn't just pray for him and send him on his way. Notice what he does. He saw him. And came to him, verse 34, and he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. 
Okay? All right, we fixed you, we fixed you, and we bandaged you up. And, and, and look, we, we did it, and now we can put our, we can, we, can, we can spray ourselves down, and we can wash our, you know, get our hand sanitizer because we didn't touch the yuck, and we did our good deed for the day. That's not what the Bible says. He took ownership. Notice here, he, he, he says, and he put him on his own beast. He threw him on his own mule or donkey. He loaded him up on his, in his own personal world. He didn't just touch him from afar. He made him a part of his own world. He invested in, not just financial, but time, energy, resources, effort. He loaded him up and put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I'll pay for you. When's he coming back? A couple of days, a couple of weeks, a month from now, I'll be back up by the way, and if he's, if he's well, praise God, whatever the bill is, I'll handle it. You're like, wow, that's a lot. It is. It is. The cross was a lot. The cross was a lot. The wrath of God being poured out on the Son of God was a lot. It's not easy believism. It's not, you know, Jesus is my Lord. Are you shining for Him? Are you being salty for Him? Are you... Are you looking around and seeing, or are we wearing blinders, church? Are you wearing blinders? I ain't got time, Brother Shannon. I'm busy. Yeah, but you don't know who I'm dealing with. You don't know what it's like in my world. You don't understand what I deal with. You don't know. I don't. I don't care. I don't think God cares. Did you see him? Yeah, I see them every day. I, I see them regularly. And here's the deal. I'm not talking about, some of you are already there. I, I know. Some of you are already there. You're talking about the few that's grown up around you, and you, you're like, hey, they've been sitting out there on those lawnmowers in front of Hobby Lobby for 15 years, or I've been seeing that one walk around the, uh, the Walmart parking lot. I've been seeing this little old woman push a buggy, and she's mean. I'm not talking about homeless, y'all. You say, you're thinking, you're putting my mind, you're putting your mind to think I'm going where these kids went. These kids saw so much this week. They saw the roughest of the rough. They, they chased them down. They went under the bridges. They went to where they were without fear. They were lights this week. They were salt this week. They were, they were, the, they were the hands and feet of Jesus this week. Not just the homeless, but to those that were in need. We saw things this week that I never thought we would see. Those kids saw things that I never dreamed they would see. You know what? They didn't, they didn't shrink back. They stepped up. It's not just a mission trip. Not just a week. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus says, he asked the question. He asked us the question. He's asking us the question. He's asking you the question. 
Literally, you don't, you don't answer to me. You don't answer to me, I don't answer to you. My judge is not you and your judge is not me. Period. The question is, which of these, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? I mean, it's a no-brainer. He's asking the lawyer this, and he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Of course, you got two that walked right past the need, and they didn't even, they saw it, and they didn't give it the time of day. Guys, we have, he sang the song, Run to the Father, the church. The world out there around us is looking for the Father. They're looking for the Son. They're looking for this hope. And and you know who they see every single day? They see us. They see the lights. They see the salt. They see the hands and the feet of Jesus. Literally, the temple of God, which we are. They see us daily. What do they see? My box... My comfort zone, I can control, I'm comfortable, I'm familiar, I can handle this, I know everything about this, I can do it blindfolded. Is that what they see? But you're the salt. But you're the light. If you're a Christian, that's what you are. You know these verses. You know this parable. You've heard it over and over again. You've you've heard this. I said earlier, this message today could totally transform this community, could totally transform your world, could totally transform wherever your circle is. It can. It could have last time too. It could have the last time you heard this sermon. It could have. It really could have. Or the time before. You know what Jesus says to him? Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. Well, Shannon, what do you want us to do? Do that. Go be his hands and feet. To who? Who's your neighbor? The question the dude was asking is, who's my neighbor? And the the response Jesus gave is, don't be so much into who's my neighbor, but rather, who can I be a neighbor to? Who can I go be the hands and feet of Jesus to? Who, Who is it? You know what that requires us to do? It requires us pulling our heads out of the sand and out of our comfortable world and looking around and start asking, hey, how can I serve you? How can I go be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? How can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I meet your needs? How can I pray for you and love you and bless you and be the hands and feet of Jesus to you? Yeah, but but that would require me to get up and go somewhere I don't belong. That's where Jesus sends us. Again, how many cops has come and carried your neighbors away lately? Probably not many. How many of your co-workers have been taken away lately? Probably not many. Instead of saying, God, use me, God, send me. 
Here I am, Lord, send me. I'll go. I'll go. God, if it, if it takes me getting out of this, I'll go over here. How can I be a neighbor over here? Where can, I, where can I show compassion over here? God, I'm looking. Those kids, let me tell you, my eyes are weak. I don't see them like those kids see them. We're walking down through there, and those kids are like, those kids are like, there's one, and, and there's one. I'm like, where in the world? All I see is a bush, and they see a person. They're like, he's going under the bridge. Let's go get him. And they just take off under the bridge. And they're like, well, one of them was like, well, I still see Troy's shoes, so he's good. Let's pray for him. We encountered demons. And they prayed. We encountered the worst that this world has to offer. We encountered the syringe dump. Where the government comes and lays out all the tables and lays out all the syringes and all the homeless just stand in line and they get their syringes because it's, it cuts down on the spread of disease when you give them clean needles. The same government that we say is all for us, they really are. <laughs> Jesus is all for us. Guys, Jesus says, go do the same. Go show compassion. Go show compassion. Com showing compassion means we have to start seeing people. Stop, stop rationalizing. Yeah, well, all they're going to do, do is spend it. Next time I see Jim, I'm, I'm getting him to Seattle. I'm not giving him the money to go to Seattle, but I'm going to buy him a ticket to go to Seattle if he's still there in August. Show compassion. There are people around you right now need Jesus. They're hurting. I started every week. I don't know where you're coming from. Guys, we are blessed. Husbands and wives, y'all may be having some arguments and some fusses at homes. And just act right. Stop being stupid. Stop being selfish. Guys, quit. Women, quit. Kids, start listening to your parents. You're spoiled, rotten, blessed. There are people around you that are hurting. There are people around you that need the love of Jesus, and you have it. You ain't got to go on a trip. You ain't got to go on a mission trip. They're right there around us. Go do it, Jesus says. Quit walking right by. I'm not just talking about the handful of homeless we see in the North Port and northern Tuscaloosa area. I'm talking about people that are in desperate need of love. They dress like us. They drive what we drive. They're in the same teams we're in. They're in the same clubs and groups and schools and mom's groups and they work at the same business you work at. But if we're not careful, when our heads are buried... We're the priest. We're the Levites. That's, we see them. We know something's just not right. We know, we know, we know something's broken. And, and instead of investing, instead of letting ourselves be vulnerable and, and allowing the Spirit of God to, to go there and make a difference, we, we just keep on trucking. There you go, you've heard it again. 
You sat there and you felt like dirt a little bit. And preacher, you stomped my toes some again. That was a good sermon, preacher. I needed that one. No, you didn't. We need to get out of the way. We need to stop playing. Stop going through the motions. Stop stop running that wheel. Which sermon is it going to be? Which, which sermon is it going to be? Next preacher. Next preacher will be more dynamic and he's going to really get it. That's it. Next church. I'm lo- uh, next church. There'll be a better one down the street. And, and I'm going to go there and I'm going to be in my spot. And I'm going to, I'm going to be there. And all the, all the stars are going to line up. And I'm going to hear a fresh word from the Lord. And, and the preacher's going to feed me. Whatever. Whatever. Go. Take off. God in heaven, I am so weak. I am so weak. God, we are spoiled rotten. We are so spoiled, Lord. Nothing new was said. This isn't the first time we've heard. Holy Spirit of God. Transform us. Transform us. Create in us a clean heart, O God. Make us to know. Make us to hear. Make us, God, to be sensitive and to hear from You. It ain't a, it ain't a sermon. It ain't a, it ain't a motivational speech. It ain't a, He was on fire from that trip this week. really, really, really messed up man saved by your grace standing in front of really, really, really messed up people who you brought into your family God to do your work help us God to do your work give us eyes to see give us a heart that is so overwhelming, God, that, Lord, we don't rest until we show that compassion of that Samaritan. Lord, don't let us be the priest. Don't let us be the Levite. Lord, forgive us for all the times we were the priest, we were the Levite. Forgive us in Jesus' name. Forgive us. here that if we would simply allow your spirit to just radically take over God there's absolutely no telling what would come of this community, this town, this city not to be seen, not to be known, not to be made much of God simply sent in the name of Jesus. God, do it. God, do it. And Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise beforehand, knowing that God, you can do it.
your glory. In Christ's name, amen.